Good morning, New Hope Community Church. My name is Patrick Machado. I have the privilege of pastoring our youth and young adults here at the church. And this morning, I get to give the message. And I, before we jump into that, I would love to share a few things about myself. One that I've been married to my wife, Rachel, for 12 years, going on 13 this year. We have four kids, Chloe, Kaya, Patrick III, and Judah Bear. And uh, a few other things are that I love Hawaii. I love where I am from. I love this place. It is the best place in the whole wide world. I don't think anywhere else can compete with Hawaii. I also love the Green Bay Packers. Now, if you don't love the Green Bay Packers, please continue to watch. I promise, I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna be talking about them ever again in this message, but I love me some Green Bay Packers. And the other thing is, I love Hawaiian food. Man, I love me some Hawaiian food. And the best place to go to me right now, um, because I haven't had my grandma's cooking in a while, is Waihole Poi Factory. It's the best. It's got the best Hawaiian food on the island. Um, with this talk of love, let's jump into our Bibles. And as you are grabbing your Bible and turning, may you look for Matthew 5, 43. All right, so if you're searching through your app or turning some pages, Matthew 5, 43. And as you're turning there, I just want to do a little small recap of last week where Pastor John, continuing in our Sermon on the Mount series, he talked about an eye for an eye. And he unpacked how it's important, all right, for servanthood instead of retaliation. That it's not about this selfish gain or climbing or one-upping one another or hurting other people, but it's about servanthood. Do you remember when this whole thing kicked off and we had quarantine or stay at home or uh, what is it, safer at home, right? Uh, it, it was crazy. Everyone was hoarding. It was about grabbing possessions and keeping them and grabbing them and consuming as much as possible. And the cool part was what I saw from the church. I saw the church in a time of taking, giving. I saw them uh, giving uh, food in different locations. I, my family itself was um, given toilet paper, paper towels, soap, because um, we're a big family and people just loved us so much they gave. And I love it because um, the second point that Pastor John talked about was value relationships over possessions. That it wasn't about retaliation, it was about servanthood. It wasn't really about consuming or one-upping each other. It was about giving. That value of relationship is over possession. And so we're going to follow up right after he's done. We're going to jump right in at Matthew 5, 43. So if you're ready, read along with me in your homes. Matthew 5, 43, we're going to go all the way to 48. It says, You have heard it said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be, here it is, sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on, what? The evil and the good. He sends rain, he comforts 
on the just and on the unjust. For if you are to love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. Do, do not just the, the lowest of us do that. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Do, do not people not like us do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you that you would meet us here on this morning or in our car or in our living rooms or in front of our computers or TVs, that you would meet us exactly where we're at and that you would say, I love you and that you would pour out who you are to each and every one of us. So as we sit here, Lord, to hear a word, may we hear from you, may we draw closer to you, may we fall in love again and again with what you have to present today. Though there is a man standing before the people, may your voice, your heart be shared. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, growing up in Hawaii, there's one thing I know that has never changed has never changed the, all the years that I've lived here, and that's repping where you're from, right? Where are you from, where you live, it's all about it. If you're from Nanakuli and Waianae, you're all about that west side, and you throw up those dubs, right? If you are from Papakula, it's a fast handshake and a fist bump, everybody knows. If you're from Kaneohe, you hold up that 4-4. And if you're from Palisades, Pacific Palisades, then you know this saying, one way in, one way out. It's all about repping where you're from. And it's crazy, that pride literally takes neighbors and turns them into enemies. But it's funny because we all know each other. Everyone knows someone that knows somebody that knows somebody else that knows us. And it's just a circle where it's, we like to think that we're all enemies, but really we're all neighbors. And the crazy part is, it switches, or there's a flip that happens when we claim we love the Lord. When we say, I am a Christian, I am Christ-like, I follow Jesus, it's not so much, Eba, where are you from? Oh, 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 oh yeah? Well, who are you repping? Or who are you with? Or who you know? No, it's about, really, who are you? Are you like him? Well, who are you representing? Are you representing Christ? Is it about what you are doing or what he is doing? And if we're going to be those who claim, right, to be that person who follows after or is Christ-like and is the one who goes after him, then it's going to take something like loving your enemy. And when Pastor John, who's been doing an amazing job in the Sermon on the Mount series, right? He's been killing it. When he says, hey, I would love for you to speak, and I'd love for you to speak on loving your enemies. Oh my gosh, can, can we get anything else? Can we get the baptism? Can we get um, anything else, please? Uh, revelations at this point, right? And... He's like, hey, I want you to speak on loving 
your enemies. And, and at that point, I realized these next couple of weeks was going to be hard. This preparation was hard. It wasn't easy. So when I say, let's love our enemies, I'm not just throwing it out there like, well, I got it down. No, this is something I am walking through with you. Because why? Man, it peels back the heart. It involves our hurts. It involves people. It involves our feelings. Right? And so when I say, hey, God wants us, Jesus said, for me and you to love our enemies. He's sharing his heart. And his heart, simplified in a thought, is as followers of Jesus, as followers of Jesus, a.k.a. love, you must express love, a.k.a. Jesus, to those in your community, whether they're neighbors and enemies. And this very thought, this very sharing of the heart, should, as followers of Christ, have a response. And our response is going to be, if you're taking those, point one, your response, our response, my response, should be, we are to contend, scrap, fight for reconciliation. It's the heart of our God. We are to contend, fight, scrap for reconciliation. It's the heart of our God. When Adam and Eve fell, he didn't give up on them. He didn't just leave Abraham. He didn't abandon the people of Israel. And he hasn't left us either. No, his heart is for creation and creator to be together. That is why he is so about reconciliation. The Apostle Peter in 2 Peter 3, 9 said, The Lord is not slow to keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Everyone to come to repentance. Neighbor and enemy. And it's funny because it made me think about my cousin. Now, my cousin... Out of his mouth, he says the wildest things, the craziest stuff. It doesn't matter if it's at the beach. It doesn't matter if, you know, it's on social media. Wildness just comes out of his mouth. And, and it's crazy because I think we all have someone like that, right, in our family that just says crazy things. But the crazy part is, though as wild as he is, something subtle and if you're not quite paying attention, you won't catch, starts to come out of his mouth now. He says things like, man, thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Just comes out. And I, and I really believe it's starting to come out of him because God and God's people have been contending for reconciliation. They've been contending for him that he would not be those, that one that would perish. That they are contending to see him and his creator meet. 
and it might be hard and it might be tough because at one time he saw God as an enemy and he saw God's people as an enemy. But I think those walls are being broken because of the fight that's happening, that the Spirit says, no, I will not give up on you. Man, when we show love to our enemies, it gives hope to the hopeless. A lot of people think my cousin is hopeless. But what I see is my God never gives up. And as long as I don't give up, there's hope in that hopelessness. And like an eye for an eye, like Pastor John talked about last week, loving your enemy might seem like a weak move. Where on the other side, I believe it's an immense movement of strength and trust. That you're going to have to entrust your strength in God. You're going to have to say, hey, I got all my faith in you, Lord. And then you yourself is going to have to muster up the strength and belief that you can get out there and love your neighbor, love your enemy. It's going to take perseverance and endurance to go back over and over and over again. None of what I just talked about is a weak move. None of it. And the reason why God addresses love your enemy, and it, it is kind of interesting, because from Old Testament to when he starts to speak, love your neighbor is very much emphasized in the culture. In the Jewish culture, loving your neighbor of course, is a part of the greatest commandment, right? It is emphasized to such a degree, they thought, that I have to hate my enemy. If I'm to love my neighbors this much, I need to hate my enemy this much. And Jesus is saying, no, no, it's not like that. All right? And if we are God's people, then whoever is not God's people is our enemy. And Jesus is saying, no, it's not like that. He is saying, he is drawing both of them here and bringing them together, saying, no, whether neighbor or enemy, you are to love them. And it's kind of crazy because Moses even addresses it in Exodus. He says, hey, we are to help an enemy in need. But all of this goes overlooked for generations because they saw if I love my neighbor, I hate my enemy. If we are God's people, our enemies are everyone else. And, and the narrative of that still hasn't changed today. How do I know? Well, look at our culture. Look at our movies, look at our sports, right? If you watch a movie, there's a bad guy and a good guy fighting, battling. If you look at sports, there's a team you love and the team you hate, right? And I'm not, I'm not saying, well, I love everything. Of course, I don't think the Seattle Seahawks should have a Super Bowl, but they do, okay? It's just a thing, okay? <laughs> but it is not the heart of our God. It's not the heart of our God to choose and pick He's saying, hey, whether neighbor or enemy, you are to love them. And let me read uh, Matthew 5 again, 44 and 45. But I say to you, love your neighbor and pray for those who persecute you, 
so that you may be the sons and daughters of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise, where? Just on the good? No, on the evil and the good. Does he send rain just to the just? No, the just and on the unjust. He gives to both. He cares for both. Martin Luther King Jr. said, Returning hate for hate multiplies hate, adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So good. And Mark Twain, the author, said, Love your enemy. It will scare the hell out of them. Right? And that's the point. We want to love people so that they get to Jesus. We do not want people to perish. We want them to live forever and ever. It's as Christ-like as it gets. Jesus contended for us. Jesus did everything he could to show that he wants me and you, friend and foe, to be with him. Again, this is his heart. He wants to spend not just today, not just the short time we have in this life together, but eternity together, every moment. And this is why I, I love that, um, um, this, this point. I love this point. Point two is going to be your love for your enemy reveals the depth of your relationship with Jesus. Your ability to love your enemy will show the depth, the truest parts of your relationship with Jesus. A pastor by the name of John Piper, he said, our ability to love our enemies presents our DNA, who we are, to those around us. This reminds me of Pastor Aaron Cordero. He would say, if I cut you, what do you bleed? Right? What do you bleed? Hey, if, if the enemy cut us, what would we bleed? Would we bleed the heart of Christ? Does what breaks his heart break our heart? Does his desires reflect our desires? And if we truly have a commune with Jesus, then we would have communication and we would have an exchange of thoughts that are aligned with our Savior you would see that we truly can love our enemy. The Apostle Paul, all right, who, if anyone in the New Testament outside of Jesus understands loving people who hate him, it's Apostle Paul, and he writes, For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, Having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Paul is being clear as day. As enemies, you and I were given this ability to be saved. You were loved. Jesus 
contended. He, he went beyond anyone else so that you and I, neighbor, enemy, would be saved. He sacrifices the heavenly realms to be a human. He lives his life perfectly to be that sacrifice. He goes to the cross. He defeats death so that we would be saved. So that we would be reconciled with our God. You might have heard that God loves the sinner but hates the sin. I would add to that that Jesus didn't die on the cross so that, you know, people would be defeated. Jesus dies on the cross to defeat sin. Sin is not man. We should love our neighbor and our enemy. Let me share one more story before I close. And it's about a guy named Kimo. And Kimo has a bunch of crazy friends. They're just messed up friends, all right? And, and, it's, and he's going to say, he, he decides to invite them to dinner. So Kimo has everyone over. But before the dinner, one of his friends, Jerry, decides to make a deal with the police to accuse Kimo of a crime so that he would be taken away. What? And then during dinner, all his friends are having the weirdest conversations ever. It has nothing to do with a nice dinner. And then after dinner, Kimo's friend brought a boy, cut somebody. Isn't that crazy? And then when Kimo is in trouble, that same friend denies even knowing him. Now, this is a crazy made-up story, but it really is true because Kimo is Jesus and his friends are the 12 disciples. Even crazier, those friends are us. We make deals when we think when we should be with him. And on one hand, we want to look righteous, right? On one day, we're righteous and we say all the right things. And on the other day, by our actions, we, we show we don't know who he is. And God is saying, by your actions, what will people see? By how you treat neighbor, enemy, what will people see? Will they see the DNA of Jesus? And in closing, there's these two comparisons that I saw, and uh, it was pretty interesting. Moses in Deuteronomy is restated in Romans by Paul. And in Romans 12, um, Paul says, Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine's. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, right? If your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. 
Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. All the way back, Moses in Deuteronomy says, or he writes down what God said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Your enemy, meet his needs, feed him. He's the judge. He's the judge of judge. He's the kings of kings, right? He's the ultimate authority. And when the ultimate authority in minds and your life says to love your neighbor, to feed him, to give, what are we to do? And can I encourage you? We are to go to a depth with that relationship with our Savior so that we can get to a point and a place where we can contend, fight, scrap for reconciliation. Now before I pray, I want to read one last piece of scripture which takes this idea of all the way in Deuteronomy, restated in Romans, where he says to meet the needs and feed your enemy. It comes from Jesus himself when he talks to his friend Peter. In John 21, 15 through 19, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Listen, he said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. If we truly love our God, if we truly love Jesus Christ, if we truly are followers and Christ-like and many versions of him, if you cut us and it bleeds Christian, then we are to feed, tend, love our enemies and our neighbors. Let me pray. Jesus, I love you and we all love you. Help myself and everyone watching to love our neighbor and our enemies. Help us to know your heart and desires. Give us your strength that we would represent you well and our lives would be pleasing to you. For those that might have wandered away or maybe never gave their life to you, Lord, I pray that you would see them right now and that they would see that you left the light on for them, that you've been knocking at the door of their heart, that 
you are saying, come home. And if you're someone that wants to come home, if you're someone that wants to be a part of this life, you have the freedom of being in your home or in your car or at the beach or wherever you're at to raise your hand. That whatever's in you is coming out and you want to say, yes, I will follow Christ from this moment till I meet him face to face. That you say, Jesus is my savior, that he is my king and my life belongs to him. And that you are new. You are new and you are loved by your creator. I ask, Lord, that you give them an extra blessing today and that they would know that all of heaven is rejoicing. And for the rest of us, May we find comfort in knowing that we are love. Whether we do something amazing or not amazing, that you love us. And that for the rest of our days, as long as we breathe, you love us. I thank you, Lord, for being who you are. And you give us the strength and ability to love our neighbors, to love our enemies, and to represent you well i pray this in your name amen well thank you so much for joining us um, church online at new hope community church it's been a privilege for me to share this message with you and also i would love for you to be ready next week we're going to start home churches this isn't a replacement for our church this is just us gathering together to watch service online I know some of you have been itching. Man, I just wanna hang out with my friends at church. Well, this is your moment. In smaller groups, there's gonna be homes opening up for you to sign up to gather. And we're gonna to get together, drink coffee, eat donuts, whatever, and hang out and do church together. Isn't that awesome? So from myself, um, the church staff, my wife and kids, thank you again for watching. We love you, enjoy your week. And Pastor John will be next, here next week. And yeah. All right. Bye.